0: May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Elizabeth Daly was a 20-year-old um, student at the University of Virginia a few years ago, and she and a few of her sorority sisters went out one night to um, to go to a grocery store and pick up some things they needed for an upcoming uh, fundraiser at the sorority, and so they, um, they went to the, the grocery and the friends waited in the car, and Elizabeth went in, and she picked up a, um, a 12-pack of sparkling water, um, a, a tub of cookie dough, and, um, and a pint of ice cream. I don't know what kind of ice cream. I think it was Cherry Garcia, or maybe it was um, Chubby Hubby. I don't know. One of those? Uh, chunky Monkey, something like that. Um, anyway, so she picks up this stuff, and she returns to the car. She gets in the car with her friends, and as she does, she notices, the, uh, like, three men coming towards her car. And, um, they're, uh, nondescript men in plain clothes, and they're walking towards her car, and she notices that one of them has something in his hand. Um, she kind of panicked, she didn't know what to do, she started the car really fast, locked the doors, and, um, and one of her friends looked up and she saw a man with a gun, and she said, he has a gun, go, go. And so Elizabeth, like, drops the car into drive, uh, Puts her foot on the accelerator while one of them brandishes a weapon and another jumps on the hood of her car. She just takes off, speeds out of the the, the parking lot and hits the highway and is heading out and quickly calls nine one one. She says there are several men who are trying who just tried to accost me in the parking lot of the grocery store, and the nine one one operator is listening and he rec- or I think it was she recognized the story that was coming in at the very same time of three police officers who are plain clothes, who are trying to arrest a young woman who sped out of a parking lot. And so she says to young Elizabeth, these are Virginia Alcohol uh, Bureau um, agents, pull over, a, a, a uniformed patrolman will be there, as well as the, the, the men from the, the Virginia Alcohol Bureau. So she does, she pulls over, and, you know, they were really upset, um, They had mistaken her 12-pack of sparkling water for beer and were trying to arrest her for, you know, being underage and purchasing alcohol and, well, is probably going after the, the, the client. All of this because it was a big misunderstanding. It was a misunderstanding about what she was carrying and she had a misunderstanding about who they were because they were not uniformed officers. They were in plain clothes. She had no understanding of what was going on. It was a, it was a big misunderstanding. An ambiguity that could have been cleared up <laughs> perhaps by a, a badge and a, and a regular uniform. But uniforms don't just identify, uh, themselves to, to oncomers, right? It's not just that the police don't just wear a uniform for our sake wear for their own as well. A, a, a priest wears a uniform, you know, a, a black shirt, a white collar. It, it's a, not just a reminder to everyone else, though it certainly is, that um, here's a person who represents God in the community. It also is a reminder to those of us who wear it, that we, in fact, represent God in the community. And for good or ill, that people will judge us by our behavior. You can't please everybody all the time. But putting on a collar reminds a priest that he's yoked together with Christ, represents him in the world. A physician comes into a patient's room, and she wears a lab coat. It expresses to the, to the patient that she is his or her physician. But it's also a reminder to the physician herself that, that she is someone who has to be clinical, remain scientifically objective, not to become overly emotionally attached so that she loses her objectivity. A judge wears a robe into a courtroom to remind both those who see him and and himself that he is an impartial arbiter of the truth. Uniforms communicate two ways. They identify to uh, the, the, the one who sees, but it also emboldens the one who wears it. In St. Paul's letter to the church at Colossae, he, he, speaks, um, he speaks to them for half of the letter about, um, about the wonderful things that God has done for us in Christ. It's, it's a great beginning. It's, a, it's poetic even, his understanding of all that God has done, what he's done for us in Christ, who we are because uh, of what Christ has done, and, and what the Holy Spirit is doing in the church to embolden it. I mean, it's, just, it's beautiful, it's warm, it's theologically rich. It's 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 good bedtime reading. You know, you could read this and just go to go to sleep, or wake up in the morning and and have a have a really good um uh inspired morning or whatever. But about halfway through the letter, chapter three, he makes a sudden turn. It's a it's a sort of sh- a sharp uh, turn, and, and Paul does this often, where he moves from theology to ethics. He moves from the this to the so what. Listen to how he he begins chapter 3. If then, if then you have been raised with Christ, or since then, since you have been raised with Christ, because of all this, since you have been, now we have something to say. There's a therefore that takes place. Um, It's a big therefore. Since you have been raised with Christ. This is a reference to baptism. Paul uses this baptismal reference. For him, baptism is about going down into death and being raised up to new life. Uh, In Romans, uh, a famous passage, chapter 6, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know you not that so many of us as were baptized into Christ, were baptized into his death. Same idea, isn't it? Baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism to death, that like as Christ was raised from the dead, even so we should walk in newness of life. This is the idea that, that by baptism, Christians have been buried with Christ and now raised to new life. We should therefore wear the uniform as ambassadors of Christ in the, in the world. This is what Paul was going to get to. You now have a uniform. I have a uniform. We have a uniform to wear to identify us as Christ's ambassadors and agents in the world. And here's what this uniform looks like. Paul says, put off the old self with its practices and put on the new one. It's a, it's a clothing metaphor, you know. It's like a dirty shirt. You're out working in the lawn and you come in. then you, you, you peel off that, that shirt, you throw it in the dirty laundry, you shower and you put on clean clothes. This is the image Paul wants us to see, that be, by being baptized, by, by coming into the kingdom, putting off that old stuff and putting on the new. Put on the new person which is renewed after the knowledge of the image of him that created him. This is newness that's being renewed. It, it's, it's a qualitatively different way to live. And don't miss this. Paul's assuming that the Colossian Christians understand this reality. That they have a part to play in their own transformation process. It's not just about, oh, you know, isn't it great that the grace of God does for us what we can't do for ourselves. It is great. And we do depend upon that. But it is also a reality that we have to do what we can do. That he calls upon us to renew ourselves, to strip off that old person And put on the new. Set your mind, he says. Did you hear it? Set your mind on the things that are above, not the things that are on the earth. Set your mind... And he's very vague at this point. But then he switches into very serious specifics. I think Paul is saying to us, you know, work for the things that are good in the world. Be those good examples. William Wilberforce that works for the end of slavery... You know, Charles Wesley teaches people how to sing and praise God in, in lyrical ways. A Mother Teresa who cares for the poor. Be these kind of people. This, think about these sorts of things. And put off those old things. And here's where the specificity is really cranked up. I want you to look at this. Will you look at the, the letter to the Colossians in the epistle? About halfway through it, in verse 5, Paul says this. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. You see that? Put to death, mortify the old King James Abbott, destroy, get rid of, put to, you know be done with, end it what is earthly in you. sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire and covetousness, which is idolatry. If you took a time to, to count up the list, you'd have five things. The interesting thing is they're all five tied to the exact same thing. They're all five ways of saying the same thing. He begins with the first one, porneia. It's where we get the word pornography. Put together sexual immorality. And then he lists four other ways of saying the exact same thing. It might be surprising to you to know the ancient Greek culture of the first century was probably even more illicit in its uh, sexual behavior than ours. Our culture, our time, it was a a time that was just, um, rampant with, um, with sexual immorality. And Paul is saying, get rid of that stuff. Get, get it altogether removed from you. Put it to death. Be done with it. Get away. Don't go there. See, sex without love and commitment abuses people. Don't use human beings like commodities to be, you know, taken and then discarded. Get rid of that. We could spend a lot of time on each one of these. I won't, but enough to say this, that that Paul is saying that there's no place for this practice in a Christian life. There's no no room for this. But it's not just about sex. I know um, Christians love to get all in a lather about sexual matters. There's more. Look at verse 8. Here's another one. More attributes. Put away anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Another set of five in Hebrew thinking fives are really important numbers. there's five books of the law, there's five books of psalms. Um, fives are uh, there are five wounds of Christ. They're, they're these sets of five are really important. they, they, um, they speak to a sort of a, a completion about things and, and here a set of five that all deal with violence, internal or external. violence that exists in the heart. Hatred, anger, wrath, malice. Um, Put these away. Um, I heard the story one time about this woman um, who was known to be like an excessive gossip and a very cruel uh, person with her language. Um, she was known all over town as as being this really mean, spiteful person. Um, she went to church on a Sunday and heard her priest uh, preach about this passage from saint paul and um, and so she goes to him after church and she um, says, "I need to confess i' this has been my life i've i 've spoken like this i 've been this kind of person and and um and i 'm sorry, I want to change and uh, The priest heard her confession he 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 uh, ab- absolved her uh, declared her abs- absolution. And then he says, for penance, I'd like you to do this. I'd like you to go to the store and buy a, um, a new uh, down feather pillow. And I want you to go to the top of the hill outside of the city. I want you to tear open the pillow, and I want you to shake all those feathers out of there. And when you've completed that task, I want you to come back and tell me that it's done. The woman thought this was an odd request for her but um after all she had gone to her priest in humility this is what he had assigned she went to do it so she bought the pillow and went to the hill and tore it open and shook out all the feathers and thought it felt kind of cathartic you know that there was a cleansing maybe this is what her kindly priest had intended and so happily she returned to church the next day and she told her priest i bought the pillow i tore it open i scattered all the the feathers i'm good i feel good he said great i need you to do one more thing for me though I want you to go collect all of those feathers and put them back in the pillow. And she said, I could never, I could never do that. I could never find all those feathers. And he said to her, and neither can you retrieve even one of those words. Never forget it. This is Paul's message to us as well. Put off that stuff, that anger, that malice, that that, that communication. He calls it filthy communication, this this." this kind of coarseness that that destroys people with our words, get rid of that, put it off. This this is dirty laundry. This is bad way of living. This is old way of life. We are new. We are raised with Christ. And know that these things can become habitual. The abuse of sex, the abuse of language, the the hatred that we can hold in our heart can become habitual and we could just become more and more like that every day. But habits can be broken. And we can be set free from those habits as well. And God, by his grace, can set us free. Set our minds on the things that are above. This is what Paul says. Uh, some time ago I, I saw this um, story about this uh, this Marine and a bunch of his friends. They went to run a 5K in a fundraiser and it was up in Michigan. They all decided to dress in fatigues and, and wear boots. They were in uniform and they're going to run in a 5K. And, and so they all took off and they were running and and this one, um, this one uh, Lance Corporal uh, Miles Kerr was his name. He he's running with his buddies, and, um, and somewhere along the way, he sees this young boy, nine-year-old, um, uh, what was his name, Broden. Uh, he sees this nine-year-old boy, Broden Fuchs, and he he stops because the boy looks despondent. and He said, "Are you okay?" And the young boy says to this uh, this uh, Marine corporal, he says, um, "You know, I lost my family. I don't know where they are, and I think they're up ahead of me." and I'm scared. He says to uh, uh, Corporal Curry, will you run with me? And so the, the Corporal said, of course. And so they began to run together. And um, Corporal Kerr was the last one. He finished dead last in his age group <laughs> for this 5K race because he stayed back with this boy. And he had talked to him and he encouraged him along the way. And someone snapped a picture of this. And the day after the race, over a million people had seen this picture of this young Marine who had stopped to help this boy and to run with him. And they ran across the finish line together. And, you know, I think I think he honored that uniform. I think that young Marine brought honor to the uniform he was wearing. And we're wearing uniforms. We are Christ's ambassadors in the world. Be careful. Wear the uniform well. Bring honor to the uniform that you wear. Because you never know someone might be watching. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.